Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. John chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. Give me a few moments to share this word, and I will release you to your day. It's good to give God the top of your week. It's good to gather together in the house of God to worship him and be reminded of his goodness, to worship him and be reminded of your promise. <laughs> we worship you because we are reminded of your goodness, but we also worship you, hallelujah, because we are reminded of your promise. John chapter 2, starting at verse 9. John chapter 2, starting at verse 1 through verse 9. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, oh Lord, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stones of water jars, uh, six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification. And each holding tw 20, excuse me, or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine. And did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. This is our fourth installment of the standard of learning. The standard of learning. You may be seated. Uh, give me a few moments to walk through this text together. And I believe God's going to speak to us in a, in a way that is unique. Jesus is just now developing his, his apostolic core team. And he's gathering his disciples together. And they are preparing themselves uh, to begin to explore this new gospel of the kingdom. And he's beginning to lead them and guide them uh, in the time of training and preparation. Up until this time, they had not done any public ministry. Up until this time, they had not... Uh, held any gatherings they were just having personal training just just personal gathering development time they were just they were just formulating themselves and so when they go to this wedding and the wine runs out because Mary is aware of Jesus ability Mary knows that Jesus can do some miracles she's been knowing it. she had him as a miracle 
So she is, she's under no false pretenses as it relates to the ability of Jesus. And she immediately, uh, under, as she understands that there is no more wine, maybe more people showed up than RSVP. You know how that goes. <laughs> you know, I, I was only expecting 20 of y'all. Now 45 is in the room. And so all the wine is gone. And, and Mary recognizes a deficit that they have. And Mary remarks to Jesus on the basis of his ability to do miracles. And she says that there is no more wine. Jesus, responding, I would say rather smugly. Like, I don't, I don't know about anybody else in this room, but if, if, if Jesus had my mama, he, Jesus might have got slapped. I, I, I know that seems sacrilegious to talk about Jesus getting slapped. But, it, but, if, but if, if, if Jesus had the kind of mama you and I had, y'all talk to me for a minute. Woman? I don't care how old you are. <laughs> You're able to talk to your mama like that. Woman, what does this have to do with me? What this got to do with me? My time has not come. Here's what Jesus is saying. And here's what, watch this. Because Jesus, he didn't just live this life to be our, to be our, 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 our sovereign savior. He also lived this life to be our excellent example. Reality is... He wanted to show us something unique. Because how many times have you been faced with a deficit of somebody else and determined not to do anything about it because you said these words, this ain't got nothing to do. Oh, it's not just me in the room. Jesus literally said, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm not the caterer. I'm not the bartender. I'm not the mixologist. I, I, I didn't tell them to order uh, too few bottles of wine. They should have known that when they, they seen the RSVP list. They know how big their family is. You know, you know how we talk to people. We begin to rationalize why we can't do, watch this, what's in our ability to do. Come on, let's challenge Jesus for a minute because he can take the test. He's sovereign. He can take the test. The reality is, is that every one of us have been called to minister to life's deficits. That's the reality. Part of our call is to minister to the deficits of life. And you will miss your calling if you're always considering your doing as it relates to yourself. Am I helping anybody so far? Your doing is not just about you, family. Your doing is about the people that God has called you to do it for. So God calls us to minister to the deficit. So I love Mary, though, because Mary, she had to be black. She's Middle Eastern because she doesn't, she literally ignores Jesus. Woman, what this got to do with me? This ain't even my hour. I, I, I just feel like in my spirit, she was like, <laughs> look, you know, I, I feel like she just, she just like rolled her head all the way around on Jesus. <laughs> yes, you will please. Um, y'all do what he tell you to do. Y'all do what he tell you to do. The reality is, is that God has called us. He has called us to deficits. Now, I'm not saying that you got to chase every ambulance. I'm not saying that every problem is a problem that you need to solve. 
But when you are in the space of the problem, and when your ability is able to fix the problem, here it is, and when you're called upon or invited to help the problem, that is a divine indication that you need to be activated. Now, I'm not talking about you busybodies who start reading stuff on social media and then try to fix people's lives. I'm not inviting you to that. But she said, Jesus, and number one, you here in this wedding, we here, they invited us. They called us into this space. And there is a deficit in this space that I know you can do something about. I feel like I'm speaking to somebody's spirit today because there are some deficits in and around you that you have the capability of fixing, of remedying. You can do something about the situation, but you have rationalized in yourself that because you did not create the problem, you don't have to solve the problem. Can I help you? Leaders are leaders because they deal with things that they did not do. In our school of ministry class, uh, we were talking just this week about, about the follower-leader dynamic. And, and, and I presented to them that there is a great equality between followers and leaders. And when problems arise, it is the leader's responsibility to be responsible for the issue. But it is the followers, uh, uh, their calling to respond to the issue. Leaders are responsible. Followers respond. So Jesus acknowledges that, yes, I have to do something. Okay, mama, thank you for volunteering my ministry. And uh, the reality is sometimes we will be volunteered. Yeah, sometimes our name will be put on the ballot and voted. <laughs> oh, oh, you, oh, me? Yeah, you. But you will have to do it because it's necessary. Can I, can, I just, can, I, can I just help somebody quickly? Listen, if it's necessary, it needs to be done. Now, some of us would say wine is not necessary. Wine is not necessary. But when you begin to study the Jewish practice of weddings, uh, Pastor Keenan and I was talking about this several years ago, it, it was a week-long process. And there was a certain amount of time when the wine was intricate, watch this, to a particular ceremony in the service or in, in, the, in the celebration that was sacred. And sometimes people are missing the sanctity of what God's trying to do in their life because we're not helping them understand it. We're not giving them the tools to acknowledge the sanctity. So the, they needed the wine. It wasn't just to get bent. It wasn't just to have a good time. The wine was needed for the ceremony. The wine was needed for the level of sanctity to remain. So now Jesus says, all right, shh. Okay, mama didn't got me. My mama didn't got me in the sub. I didn't want people to know that I could do this, but okay, all right. Hey, brothers, how y'all doing? My name is Yeshua. Nice to meet you. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Um, I need y'all to take these... These, 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 these pots here, these clay pots, I need you to take them. I need you to fill all of them with water. And so now they begin to look at themselves, and they begin, he wants us to fill these, these, these here with water. Okay, sir. And so now, there's two things I need you to understand. 
uh, uh, if you read the scripture, it says that these pots were 30-gallon pots. 30-gallon pots. And so not, not not to even equate to the weight of the pot itself. Because it's not plastic, this is clay. We can, it's safe to assume, and let's, let's, just, let's just say 30 gallons of water, 30 gallons of water, if you were to carry it in a container, is 445 pounds by itself. 30, if you want to carry 30 gallons of water, that is 445 pounds, one, and not including the weight of the clay jar. Now multiply that by six. They had to carry 2,670 pounds of water. The reality is, and there's two things I want to share with you. Sometimes when God calls you into service, it's either going to be heavy or it's going to be time consuming. Now, if they developed some type of strategy whereby they could feel it at the, at, at the well or the pump, because remember, this is, not, this is not modern day. There are no faucets. They got to go to the well. They can't just put it under the faucet. They can't just get the water hose. And, no, no, no. They had to go to the water source. And so if they developed some type of, of, of system where they would, they would carry it on their shoulders uh, uh, through, through poles and, and pulleys, if they developed some system they would still have to fill it up and bring it from the water source back to the wedding feast. That's heavy. Can I help you for a minute? Sometimes God is going to call you to do something that's beyond your ability to carry by yourself. Now, I mean, just show, show of hands of how many of you can bench press 445. God bless you all. You know, you, you, you mega men in here. God bless every one of you. I can't. I, I, I can't lift 445s. <laughs> I, I mean, I, honest, I can't. I'm, I want to get there one day, two on two, you know. I, I want to yak it one day, but right now, I, I'm just, I ain't there, glory to God. And so the reality is, is that one, Sometimes God is going to call you to do something that's too heavy for you to do by yourself. Learn that right now. So as independent and as, as, as you know, as, as an individual as you are, you got to understand that there are going to be some, some weights that God is going to call you to carry in this life that are going to be too heavy for you to carry by yourself. So you're going to have to solicit help. I know you boss, I know you great, I know you can do it all by yourself, but this thing that God's getting ready to call you to do is going to take more than your weight, more than your strength. So the first principle that we learn from this, this, this arduous task that, you know, Jesus said this, and, you know, a lot of times we, we, think, we think of little jars. You know, we think of little jars, he just brought little pitchers. No, 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 no. These are 30-gallon clay jars. Six of them. And so, one, the principle is, it might be heavy. It might be too heavy for you to carry by yourself. And so you're going to have to solicit some help. So just look around the people, look at the people around you. Because these are people that's going to help you carry this heavy stuff. Hallelujah. 
Because watch this. We want more from God, and we want greater glory, and we want greater this and greater that. But here's the thing. More glory weighs more. I didn't I didn't had fake Rolexes and I didn't had real Rolexes. The fake ones are lighter, but they're cheaper. I can go cop one right now. And it'll look like it. But you can tell by the weight. The real one that, that's weightier, that when you drop that thing on there, you ooh, you feel that. It 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 it, 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 it begins to rotate and vibrate in your hand. It's weightier, but it costs more. And so I need you to understand that if you're calling for God to give you more expensive things, if you're calling for God to give you more weightier things, if you're calling God to give you deeper things, then you got to understand that there's going to be a weight requirement on that. You got to get your weight up in the spirit. Ah, can I, can I say, okay, God says, I ain't got no problem giving you a million dollar blessing, but I need you to see, I need to see you give me a million dollar dedication. I ain't got no problem cutting you a check tomorrow. I ain't got no problem telling them to approve your loan tomorrow. I have no problem. I've I, I seen it. I prayed over some papers this, this past Sunday, and before the next Sunday, I got a call. We can approve. Amen. We got the amen. God can do it in a heartbeat, but what he wants to know is where your heart is. I can do it in a heartbeat, says the Lord, but I need to know where your heart is. So it's, it's, it's heavy. But not only is heavy, but let's, let's say they were, like, they were smart about it. They were like, listen, um, we're not about to carry all this weight. Okay. We're going to fill it here. No worries. Imagine how long it would take them if they had a jar. If they just took jars in their hand. And they said, we're going to fill this 30-gallon clay jar with this one gallon container. So I got to go 30 times for one, but I got six to fill. Let's talk for a second. So if it don't weigh too much, it's going to take up too much of your time. And some of us have to realize that the things that we're requiring God to do for us, it can't be done in a couple of days. And some of us, God may solicit us to engage in an arduous process that will impede your personal calendar. What do you do when your calling and your calendar conflicts? Because I'm seeing this in my life and the lives of those around me. Because now we, we've been calling God. We've been telling God we want to do this and we want to do that. And we want to be this and we want to be that. And now we see him elevating us. And now as we begin to elevate, there is a time requirement. Wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't expect it to take this long. I, I, wait a minute. I, I, I'm... I, I got plans this evening. I got I to gotta go somewhere. I got I to gotta do something else. But you ask to be here. You ask to be in the employ of God. You ask for anointing. You ask for a calling. You ask for a wife. And now you're mad because she want to talk. 
You asked for a man, and now you don't want him to rub your leg. Oh, my, 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 my. It will, it will require us. Come on, come on. We prayed for the children, right? Why you got all this homework? Why you always, why you got to be set down somewhere? No, they're children. They got a thousand tons of energy. And if you keep them in that room, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do nothing but multiply. Listen, y'all pray for us. Sometimes we just take our kids to the park like, go ahead. Go. Just run. Just, just run. Faster. Go. It's going to require time. God rarely fits great vision into tight schedules. He rarely fits great visions into tight schedules. Because if he could, it, watch this, if God fits the great vision into your schedule, then you become the Lord of the vision. So he says, I can't, I can't let you be in control of the timetable. Show up and I'll tell you the schedule. I love how we try to prioritize the sovereign. Okay, God, so here's what I'm going to need you to do. Deliver at 2, then set free at 3, and then I got brunch at 4. So, no, no, that's too late for brunch. No, I got to push it up. So, God, I'm going to need you to deliver at 2, and, um, you know, I'm going to need, you know, okay, so. No, no, it don't work like that. So, even, even if they took water, they was going to have to keep going back. And what we all have to fight is ah, this proclivity that we all have to get weary in well-doing. Because somewhere around jar four, you're going to be like, why though? It's water. They don't want no water. They don't want what I got. They drunk anyway. What all? What I got to do all of this for? They don't respect my water. They don't respect my grind. They don't. Listen, God says, be not weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap the harvest of blessings. But here's the caveat. You have to faint not. Somewhere around jar four, they start filling it in their calves. They triceps and they biceps. They start filling that thing. And I, I don't know what jar you on right now, but I come to let you know, keep pouring. Keep walking, keep pouring. Because I need you to understand there's something miraculous that's on the way. But can I give you the principle? Here's the tweetable principle. The mundane always precedes the miraculous. The mundane always precedes the miraculous. Y'all want God to do great miracles, but you can't be faithful to doing this. 
you to make the wine. I'm just saying fill the pots. I ain't telling you to fix your marriage. I'm just saying show up. I ain't telling you you got to teach your kids. All I'm saying is tell them what you know. I'm not. Because see, some, see cause we, we, some of us right here like. But I came to put some wind back in your cells and tell you to keep going. I know it's mundane. I know it seems useless. I know it seems futile. But if you keep filling the jars, something miraculous is bound to happen. If you keep praying for your daughter, something is bound to happen. If you keep praying for your spouse, something is bound to happen. If you keep showing up, something is bound to happen. If you keep being disciplined, something is bound to happen. If you keep going back and forth, something is bound to happen. And after a while, you're going to get excited. Because you're going to be on jar six And you're going to be on gallon number 17 And you're going to say God I know That something's bound to happen I've been faithful over a few things I've been going back and forth Sometimes they laughed at me But I kept going They talked about me but I kept going They told me it was useless but I'm going to keep on Ask, ask somebody real honest What jar are you on? Because you, cause you're doing this thing. you clocking in at two clocks. What jar are you on, Elder? you clocking in this clock, this clock, that clock. What jar? Just keep. So, some of y'all go, this is the only thing you're going to remember this message. Just... I feel it in my arms, but I'm going to keep on going. I feel it in my attitude, but I'm going to keep on going. I feel it in my emotions, but I'm going to keep on going. I feel it. If I was gonna hoop, I'd hoop right there. Just keep on. Yeah. Listen, listen. Just keep on going. So either it's gonna be heavy or it's gonna take a long time. But now, a question. I was talking to my pastor last night, Dr. Goins, we, we, most, uh, not most every Saturday, but, but at least once a month, I'll call him and I'll, and I'll, and I'll just talk with him and he'll, he'll ask me this, this synonymous question, what you preaching tomorrow? And I'll begin to talk him through it and generally he'll change all my notes. That's what pastors do, praise the Lord. Uh, and he asked me a question. That now listen, I didn't I didn't went into the I didn't went into the Hebrew customs and I didn't studied all of this. I did all my homework. I didn't did all this 30 hours of studying. I didn't figured out how big the jars are and how much they weigh and what's the capacity and did all the multiplication and everything. And he asked me one simple question. Dr. Goins said this. He said, uh, when did the water turn to wine? Blew me up. You can ask my wife. Kids running, taking their showers. I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the foot of my bed. Can't, can't move now. I got to study this thing out. He, he, now, he ain't going to give me the answer, right? Uh, but he, 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 he said, you got to study this because you have to figure out when the water actually turns to wine. Because when they're, when they're scooping it, it's still water. 
when all of the six jars with the 30 gallons each are, are, are full to the brim, that's what the scripture says, it means they filled it to the brim. And can I pause parenthetically and say this? You're not going to be able to, oh man, I want to, man, I, I ain't cussed in a while. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, uh, Mike, Mike Lyons got my back. You, you, uh, you, you can't half step what God wants to do in your life in this season. I, I know you didn't half stepped a lot of things in your life, but God says what I need you to do in this season, this new day, this new time, this is not the time to half step my anointing in your life. This is the time where you got to fill that sucker to the brim. You got to fill it up. You can't give him half the anointing. You can't give him one fourth of your anointing. You got to give him everything. Somebody say, fill it to the brim. I feel like that's a rap song. Fill it to the brim. Fill it, fill it to the brim. Hey, fill it to the brim. All right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Now watch this. If you hear that on somebody's record, you better tell them, ah, that's my bishop. If I hear young Yachty talk about, fill it to the brim, fill it, fill it to the brim. I'm gonna go. <laughs> so they fill it to the brim, right? So now here's the question again. When does the water turn to wine? And so now I had to look close into the scripture. And when we read it again, let's read it again. Let's go to the text. It says, uh, 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 verse, uh, verse 6. Now, now, there were six stone water jars there from, uh, for the Jewish rites of passage, and each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. Now, when we study the grammatical breakdown of the text, the word some is indicative of the filling of, of, of the word some. Here it is for my linguist. The word filling is indicative of that which it was filled with. The word some, here it is is indicative of that which it was filled with. So now, if he says, now take some, some what? Water. He says, take now. I didn't gone back and forth filling this thing. And now you want me to take the very thing that I filled it with and serve it as something that it's not. He says, take the water and put it in a wine container. Take the water and put it in a wine container and take it to the master of the feast as wine. It changed, look at, look at your Bible, between the it in verse 8 and the when in verse 9. It changed between the it and the wind. Don't, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Here it is. It changed when they by faith put water in a wine pitcher. And they had to walk the mortifying steps. I got water in here. 
they gonna cuss me out. But they did it in faith. And while they were walking in faith, Jesus was turning the water into wine. When is Jesus gonna turn your water into wine? When you get enough faith to scoop it and take it like it is. It ain't ready yet, keep on taking it. It ain't my time yet, but keep on taking it. This ain't enough, keep on taking it. This ain't it, keep on taking it. Because little becomes much. Water turns to wine when you move in faith. I wish I had a church right here that says I believe God that as I scoop the water and as I take the water to the master while I'm carrying it it's about to transform some of y'all can't see the transformation cause you don't want to carry it but I hear God saying if you carry it I'll transform it if you carry it I'll change it if you carry it I'll fix it if you carry it I'll do a miracle here it is here's my last point when you faithfully when you obediently operate in faith when you faithfully operate in obedience God responds with the miraculous when did the water turn to wine the water turned to wine when they followed the next instruction so I hear somebody tell somebody it's gonna be the next instruction because everything that you didn't did before now makes sense Everything he didn't told you to do up until now makes perfect sense. Everything he told you to do last year made sense. But this right here don't make no makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all. But if you say nevertheless, if you told me to do this crazy thing, I'm gonna be obedient and I'm gonna scoop this water and I'm gonna say here come the wine. Because you can call those things that be not as though they are already. But in order for it to happen, you got to walk it like he talking. Don't walk it like you talking, but you got to walk it like he talking. If he say it's going to be wine, I'm going to walk. If he said it's going to be deliverance, if he said it's going to be breakthrough, if he said it's going to be a yes, if he said it's going to be... When is the water going to turn to wine in your life? When you follow the next instruction. Because I believe some of y'all didn't fill y'all jars. But now, now he's telling you, he's telling you to take, take that 650 huh, and go apply it for this house. Now he's telling some of y'all 
to take this water and go serve it to them as wine. And you have no, hey, I love you, brother. And you have no reason, you have no reason to believe that anything can change outside of the fact that I trust a God who's faithful. And if I just but obey him, he'll do the changing. You do the walking and let him do the changing. You do the pouring and let him do the changing. You hear the Lord talking to you? I just want to pray with you. Listen, here, here, here's the last, the, last, the last installment for this series, and we're going to talk more about it throughout the year. And we're going we're gonna to develop some study materials, and we're going to give some assignments out to where we can begin to go back and study this stuff again. But here's, here's the last principle. Listen, you know that you're learning when what you hear, you do. Ain't nobody asks you how much sense it make. Those guys look stupid putting water in a wine bottle. I bet, you they, I bet you they was cringing every step like, oh, my gosh. I'm about to... But to their surprise, when they poured it in his cup, because they seen the water, they, they did all the water work. <laughs> You're going to do all the water work. But when they poured it in the master's glass, they were blown away. Jeanette, I'm, I, I hear God saying, I'm about to blow your mind this I didn't did everything I could do. But when you pour this, he said, I'm about to blow your mind. And watch this. Here, I'm praying now. And the wine that they poured was better than the wine that they bought. Ooh, somebody go, don't, don't miss this. Don't miss this principle. I hear God saying that, that what I'm getting ready to do for you in this season is going to be better than anything you've ever done for yourself. can't go no further. I got to leave it to you and the Holy Ghost. Now let the Holy Ghost unpack this with you this week. Put this into your devotional study and go back and read over this again. Read over this again. Take some notes. Uh, the, the media team, they, they have my notes. They're going to post some things on social media. Just begin to mow over this, study over this, lean into this reality and ask the Lord what, what you need to do. Um, lay your hand on somebody's shoulder. Uh, 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 connect with somebody. Bless somebody. We're going to pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I lift up to you, my brother, my sister. Father, I don't know where they are in the process right now. I don't know if, if they're, I, I don't know if they're filling the jars or if they're doing the faith walk to pour it out for the master. But wherever they are in their process, Father God, I pray that they would, they would be faithful to the process. Father God, show them that the mundane precedes the miraculous. That as they do what they can do, you're going to do what they can't do. So God, grant us all the ability, the fortitude, the strength, the vigor, the vitality to be committed, even in the mundane things, to just, even in the monotonous things, even in, even in the things that seem so uneventful, Father God, give us the grace to stay faithful and to be obedient to your word. Because when we pour, we will see wine. So I declare it to be done and it is so. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to...
<clears throat> I want to pray another prayer. And you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray with me. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge my sins and myself. And I ask that you will come into my life. I give you my heart. I give you my mind and my soul. Be my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you've learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at HVCLA.com. We love you, family.